hell is it already week 14? It is the final week for best ball, which I know some of you sweaty bastards also play. It's also probably the final week for your home league. Get ready for the playoffs. I hope you made it. But for here, it's just time for DFS. What's up, new guy? I'm the Degenerate75. I'm a high-limit DFS player who focuses on golf and football. But as you can see from the schedule above me, it's only NFL for the rest of the month. Notice that's only December because in January we will be back with golf. And some of you mother fathers are going to come from football and you're going to go try some PGA out with me because if you don't know, it's a real fun sweat. So there you go. Let's get going. Not a lot of time. We're going to start where we always start. It's contest selection, okay? And if you like to do this every show, hey, I get new people every show. Shut your freaking mouth. All right, here we go. Here it is. As always, uh, go play in the big uh, uh, Millie Maker tomorrow if you're a dumbass, okay? As always, I will tell you, you can go play in it if you max in her. If you do less than that, don't talk to me. You have one week of not talking to me. That's stupid. You're just burning away your money. I'm trying to help you not always have to deposit. Here's what I want you to go do, right? Just, you know, like some of you go, look, well, then I'll just, you know, I'll go play in the Wildcat, okay? Maybe you have $333. You want to go play in that, okay? And yes, the price structure is so much better of a payout than the millionaire maker but it's still not a good tournament to play in because look some people can enter up to 100 lineups in that and you're just going to go throw your one in there don't do it if you're going to play one single lineup please use it in single entry so you're playing the same number of lineups as everybody else okay if you want to make more than one lineup like i'm going to just tell you right now the nuts type uh event is the 33 five max which of course i don't see on my fucking screen right now but uh it's definitely out there uh it's around the 200 000. Oh, there it is this $33 five max, if you want to play five lineups, this is the best one you can get. A nice, solid payout structure, right? Only 12.5% to first place. Tenth place plays 1,500, which is 1 16th of first. Not perfect, but really good. And these are the kind of tournaments you want to play. And if that's way above your level, well, then look at the $3.20 max. Just look at tournaments that you can max enter. Just do that for me for like a few weeks, and I promise you, you will see a difference. I'm not telling you you're going to win. I'm just going to tell you you're going to piss away your money slower, and you don't have to deposit every week. Maybe we can get to where you're just depositing every other week. I'm just saying try it out because that's the first place you're pissing away your money. Believe me on this. I will never stop preaching it. I will never stop preaching it. Okay, if you want to go play scratch off so you can have a screenshot that you'll never get, go play in the Millionaire Maker. But then don't get mad at DraftKings when you're depositing every week because you're playing in stupid fucking contests. There you go. There's a truth bomb for you on a Saturday. Hey, the, the channel's almost up to 2100. Do me a favor. Go like and sub. Maybe tell a friend about me because the YouTube algorithm, it typically doesn't like the big guy. So if you could really help me out uh, by doing that. I'd appreciate it. I want to get to 5000 in 2023. I got goals. Life goals. That's what we're doing. All right. This is where we need to start. You always got to start with weather, right? Because if you don't know weather, sleet, snow, wind, things like that can affect DFS scoring upwards of 3 to 5% uh, over a large sample of games, which is a, a significant amount of DFS points, right? So a couple games that tomorrow are a little concerning, right? Buffalo, as you can tell, the total in that game against the Jets is not very high. And then you factor in we got some light snow. I think you need to account for that whenever you, you know, I, I think Josh Allen's the best DFS quarterback uh, in NFL this year, probably him or Jalen Hurts, right? But the Jets kind of have a stingy defense and the conditions aren't going to be perfect for scoring. I know it's in Buffalo. I know he's used to playing in those conditions. But at the same time, if it even hurts his production by 5%, that could be enough that maybe I want to, you know, use my stacks elsewhere. It's just a factor consider. I don't give a shit who you play. It's just something for you to think about, you mother father. 
The Giants look like uh, they're going to be playing in some drizzle, right? Which is also going to affect Jalen Hurts, who is going to be playing there in New Jersey. Okay, so you got to be aware of that one. And the other one that looks like it could be a little iffy because it's, you know, it's the freaking San Francisco Bay, the San Francisco game. Looks like it's going to be drizzly, okay, which would affect Tom Brady and whoever the hell the 49ers are playing at quarterback now, Purdy or something like that. So those are a couple games. The rest just seem to be overcast. They're in a dome or cloudy. That's not going to affect. I'm pretty sure that guys are can still catch the ball even when there's clouds out. We'll be using Run the Sims to look at this slate. We're going to break it down. I'm going to not give you a single pick, but I will tell you, stay until the end because I do have a new feature. I do have a new feature. The very last thing I cover in this video, because I need to get more people to stay to the end, a wise man told me, I'm going to tell you the one guy that you should definitely not play this week. There you go. I don't give picks, but I will give it one anti-pick just to keep you around, you mother father. Okay, first game. Uh, first of all, let's just look at the overall optimal rates. As you can see, the optimizer says the best play this week by far, and it's not even close, is Amon Ross St. Brown, which makes sense. He has tremendous home splits. He is a usage monster. He is in a high total game, and he's a, the, a top receiver in a game that should shoot out. I mean, like, literally, he checks every box. And apparently, Jared Goff is now a functional quarterback. I don't know I don't know if I'm in like an alternate reality right now, but it's kind of weird to see that. And he gets the ball to Amon Ross. So, uh, that, that loves him. The number one running back is Mixon. The number one tight end is Kelsey. And the number one quarterback, just per the optimizer, right? Who shows up in the optimized lineup the most often? Joe Burrow. But notice it's only 9.6. So that means not, you know, nine times out of 10, even more than that, he doesn't show up in there. But that's just, that's just kind of an overall look at it. Now let's go break it down by game and talk about some, uh, you know, some uh, things to consider. This Jacksonville-Tennessee game, first of all, when you see a 41-point total, that doesn't ex exactly scream DFS. But Jacksonville does have some appealing features, right? First of all, for whatever reason, all the guys on their team are just habitually always underpriced by DK. DK needs to put some respect on that name, okay? And uh, you've got Jacksonville. Zay Jones, it's just like he gets more he gets more targets for a guy that never gets priced above 5000 than anybody in the NFL. I could make an argument that on any given week, Zay Jones is the top wide receiver for Jacksonville. So if you're feeling a Jacksonville uh, this game, you can play a Trevor Lawrence stack and have him with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, or you could even go ETN if you want. I think they're viable. And Ingram and Jones even are, are viable guys to mix in, and they're all super affordable base versus their upside. And then, of course, we know Tennessee has the great run back with uh, Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry against Jacksonville seems would seem to make you salivate, right? Uh, so that's what makes Jacksonville in a very appealing stack just because they're cheap and they have a perfect run back with Derrick Henry. But I will say this. I worry a little bit that these teams are both a little slow. Traylon Burks is definitely going to not play. I cannot imagine he's going to come back from that concussion in one week. And so because of that, you have to worry, like, how much is Tennessee really going to push the ball down the field? How much are they going to be aggressive? I kind of worry this game turns into a slog and these guys just aren't being aggressive enough for it to really target it as a shootout game. But I will tell you, there are pieces in this game that make sense if you're feeling a really weird stack. But if you're one of those guys that's playing totals and pace, I don't think this is a game you probably are looking to target. A game that could target, if Cleveland, especially if Cleveland can find some function on offense. Let's face it, Deshaun Watson did not look very good on a, uh, last week, and so maybe he needed a week to knock off the rust, and he's back. And if he is, we know Cleveland has Amari Cooper. Uh, Najoku's going to be back this week. I'm a big DPJ guy, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And, of course, they got Chubb and Hunt in the backfield. They have all the weapons to score on offense, right? But it just they had them all last week, and they didn't really do shit, now did they? So because of that, you have to ask yourself, do the Browns, 
figure it out on offense. If they do, this game probably becomes the sneakiest shootout game on the slate. It already has a pretty decent total at 46. If you can get Cleveland to push this game, they get 24, 28 points. You have to assume Cincinnati is also going to be pushing towards 28, 31, 35 points, and you get up into that real shootout range, right? So this game isn't about, like, should I play the Bengals? The Bengals, excuse me. It's should I play the Bengals? And who do I run it back with with Cleveland? Because if you don't think Cleveland's going to push them, I don't think you can play the Bengals. But if you do think they're going to push them, the Bengals have all kinds of home run plays. Joe Mixon, we've already told you, is the highest optimized running back on the slate. So you got to love him, right? Problem is, I think you really need to pick one or the other. I think you go with Cincinnati's passing game or you go with Cincinnati's running game. If you're going to go with the passing game, you obviously probably want to fade Mixon. You could probably run a Burrow-Mixon stack. It's not the worst. But I would rather go stack uh, a Chase and a Higgins or something like that, right? Um, and if you really need a punt, you can always go Wilcox at tight end because it does appear as though our boy Hayden Hurst is going to be out. He's dead. They took him away in the Hurst. And so, uh, and then there's also uh, Boyd, Higgins, got all those guys to play, right? So pick one side or the other. Pick Burrow in the passing attack, and then you have great uh, run back options from uh, Cleveland with uh, Cooper or uh, Chubb. Or go pick Mixon, and then maybe you run some weird Deshaun Watson stack or just correlate it with somebody from their passing game, an Amari Cooper, uh, an Ajoku or somebody like that, right? Uh, th- to me, it's all going to come down to this. There's a lot of mouths to feed over here at Cincinnati. These guys from the Bengals are expensive, and the only way that they're going to get there is if they're scoring 28 to 35 points in a high-volume game, and they're only going to be a high-volume game if Cleveland pushes them. So that's the question you need to ask yourself there. Moving over to the Jets, I actually think that the, this game, even though it's in the bad conditions and it's in Buffalo and Buffalo, you know, only has a 43-point total, Mike White probably has the lowest floor and maybe the third highest ceiling of any player on this slate. I know that is a controversial take, but there is a game plan to which the Jets are from be- playing from behind, and he's just throwing it all over the field, and he gets there with three touchdowns and 300 yards, backdooring it, and they still lose the game, you know, like 31 to 28 or something like that, right? That is in the cards. So because of that, I think a Mike White stack isn't the grossest thing ever. And the best thing is, is you basically know who he's going to throw to, right? It's going to go to Garrett Wilson. It's going to go to Conklin. And it's going to go to Corey Davis, right? And to a lesser extent, Elijah Moore. So they're all actually pretty viable, right? But I will warn you of this one. People are going to play Zonovan Knight this week, right? Why? Because, well, last week he got you 16 points at like 4,700. So he's already rewarded those people that played that chalk donkey. And this week, people are going to go back to him. You're going to want that salary relief. I'm telling you, he got it done with efficiency last week. Buyer beware on him. For Buffalo, Josh Allen, uh, the good thing about him is he's Josh Allen. He's the best quarterback in the NFL. The bad news about him is is this game doesn't have a high total. The Jets actually play uh, pretty solid defense. It's not going to be in the best conditions, and there is a worry that the Jets' offense may not be able to push them. Right? It's going to be up to you on if you think they're going to push them. Furthermore, they seem to be running the ball. James Cook really seems to be like a great sleeper. At 4,600, if they're slowly building him up to be the guy that takes over for the playoff run, this is kind of the nuts play this week. I, we don't know what the Bills are going to do with running backs. Outside of the Patriots, nobody's more confusing with the running backs than the Bills. But if you think that like they are slowly building him up and building him up, this does seem like a game where they're really going to lean on the run game and James Cook could be a smash play at 4,600. But maybe you're thinking the Bills are gonna blow them, you know, blow them out. And if you do, you gotta love that, you know. Of course, uh, Stephon Diggs is the number one guy you're always gonna pair with Josh Allen, right? But Isaiah McKenzie at 4,200 and Gabe Davis at 5,300 are very affordable pieces to go stack with Josh Allen and Dawson Knox at 3,800. So a Josh Allen stack, yes. When you put him with Diggs, that's a very expensive start to a stack. But at least the third part of that stack is very affordable, and the Jets have some very affordable runback pieces. 
All right, this is the game I think is uh, going to sink a lot of battleships this week. Just my opinion. I've been wrong before. Uh, this Houston versus Dallas game. People are going to stack Dallas. They actually have the highest implied team total of any team on this slate at over 30 points, which is a ginormous total for an NFL team, right? They're playing Houston, who has been a sieve on uh, defense this year. They uh, D- Dallas's offense has really started to click in and look really good. They're at home. It checks every box you would want to see. But let me go ahead and caution you on this one thing with Dallas. There's a lot of mouths to feed. A lot of mouths to feed, right? Even if you're like, well, I love running backs against Houston. I get why you love running backs against Houston, but are you 100% sure that it's going to be Zeke or Pollard that's going to have the big week? Are you sure of that? Maybe you want to play that Dak passing attack. It's look great. All right. Well, who are you going to stack him with? Because you got to feed. You got CeeDee Lamb. You got Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, Noah Brown. All these guys got to be fed, not to mention Pollard's involved in the passing game. That's a lot of mouths to get fed. And there is a path to where the Cowboys just kind of win this game, you know, lackluster 21 to 10, right? Uh, something like that. And it's gonna. there's just no way all of these Cowboys are going to be able to get there uh, in, in a game like that. So basically, I would only encourage you to play Dallas if you think Houston can push it at all. And I don't know what you have seen from Houston's offense led by Davis Mills that thinks you're going to be able to push them. So that would be my buyer beware is 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 be cautious playing too many Cowboys this week. Yes, I know you want to target t- uh, teams that are playing Houston, but I like to do that when it's somebody like a Derrick Henry, right? Like a usage monster that I know that he's going to get all those carries and he's going to be doing it. If I go play Zeke this week or somebody like that, am I for sure he's going to get all of those quality touches versus Houston? I'm not. Am I sure that CD is going to get those 15 targets versus Houston? I'm not. So because of that, it's buyer beware. From Houston, I think you know there are decent runback options. Damian Pierce, I still think, is a really good running back. If Houston pushes him, it'll almost certainly be on the back of him. Chris Moore at 3,400. To me, if I'm running a Cowboys stack, Chris Moore is the ideal runback because he opens up so many options, and it just seems if Houston's going to score, he will very likely pay off that 3,400. Moving over to everybody's favorite game. It is being played at the Coors Field of NFL, the track meet itself. That's what I call it. People call it the Coors Field. I call it the track meet because every game there is a track meet. Every week we do this Detroit. It can't always be a shootout, and it's always a fucking shootout. So what makes you think it's going to be any different this week? I sure as hell don't. I think this game uh, is the highest total. Well, I don't think it. I know it's the highest total, but I think it will be the highest scoring game on the slate. I don't, I don't see any way this game disappoints. Really, all you have to do is determine what pieces you want in this game. Because I think what's going to be very common, the most popular stack this week will be Jared Goff's stack, which makes sense, right? He's just too damn cheap. 5,600 playing on the track meet. He has DeAndre Swift. Apparently, the Lions, finally, after you know 13 weeks of me telling them to play their best fucking player, have decided to do it. DeAndre Swift is back. He does seem to kind of be taking over that lead role. They do seem to be actually designing plays to get the best player the ball. And so because of that, at 5,800, he just seems like a steal in this game. Amon Ra is still underpriced at 7,800 versus the volume that he gets and how efficient he is. Uh, and then you have great uh, receivers, uh, uh, like a punt wide receiver options with the Lions. You have Josh Reynolds, you have DJ Chark. They are getting enough targets to justify those very small price tags. So this is a super stackable game. Maybe you want to get on the other side of this and run Minnesota. Our boy Kirk Cousins at 6,100, that's just too cheap for this game environment, right? And you have Thielen at 4,900 who is underpriced. Uh, you have Hawkinson at 5,100. He's underpriced. And then Justin Jefferson at 9,000 is fairly priced. But let's face it, in this game environment, it's really hard to see a script where he doesn't get 30 points, right? Uh, outside of, you know, heaven forbid an injury or something. So this is a really, really hard game to say, I'm just going to completely fade it. Okay, I, I've, I've seen nothing this year to make me think that a game at Detroit with two functional offenses isn't going to get to 50 points. 
So because of that, you have to ask yourself, how can I play this game maybe in a way that everybody else isn't? And maybe the answer to that is you just come in here and you play Dalvin Cook and hope that he has the big game, and that kind of vultures a lot of Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson's uh, usage, right? Maybe you come in here and you just play Amon Ra and just hope that he's the usage monster and none of the other Lions get there, right? Maybe you run a little Amon Ra versus uh, uh, Dalvin Cook and just hope those are the two big usage guys from that game. You have a, a bit of that game, but you're not all in on it like everybody else, and now you, you, you don't have to share Jared Goff's points with 15,000 other lineups, right? Just a couple things to consider. You do whatever you want, big guy. It's your lineup. All right, moving on. We've got Philly. Jalen Hurts, at least the second best fantasy quarterback uh, in the NFL this year. Maybe first. I just, I guess I'm just a Josh Allen whore. Um, and I love Jalen Hurts last week, and the big guy got me there. I love Devontae Smith last week. He got me there. Uh, and A.J. Brown. The great thing about Jalen Hurts right now is he basically just throws the ball to two guys, which is really nice because if he's going to throw for 300 yards, you got to assume over 200 of that is going to the, to the two big dogs and Devontae and A.J., right? Problem is, this game doesn't have a high total. It's going to be drizzly. Both these teams play very slow. Both these teams prefer to run the ball, and the Giants actually kind of have a stingy defense. So because of that, this is, I think, one that I like Philly because their, constant, their usage is concentrated, but I don't know if I love them in this environment. But that doesn't mean you can't play him. Anytime you can get a Jalen Hurts stack at under 5%, it's almost autoplay. That's what I did last week. I said, no one wants to play Jalen Hurts. I'll play fucking Jalen Hurts. Uh, and then on the other side of this, I mean, is Daniel Jones, you never know what you're going to get from. You're going to get three points or you're going to get like 28. That's basically what he does. Saquon is always high upside. I do worry that maybe this script won't be the most friendly to him, but I will tell you this. I have seen more than once this year where Saquon was in a negative game script and he still got there. He seems that the Giants seem like you can't phase them whenever they want to get the ball to Saquon, no matter what the game script dictates. All right, here is the nastiest game on the slate. And I, I got to tell you a little secret. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. I kind of fucking like this game. Yeah, don't tell, don't tell anybody that. This Baltimore versus Pittsburgh, right? All right, well, first of all, we got Pittsburgh. All right, we already know who they are. They got Kenny Pickett, the rookie quarterback. Yeah, you know, like they're just, they're just struggling offensively right now. But yeah, at least we got Baltimore and we got Lamar Jackson. No, we don't. He's out this week, if you don't know, new guy. Tyler Huntley is starting, which, by the way, has won my boy Will a million bucks before. So don't get it twisted that he can't have a big game. This game on paper looks horrific, right? Uh, two teams that are defensive-minded. They play slow. One team has a shitty rookie quarterback. One team starting a backup quarterback. You could never get there, right? You could never get there. Or you could. So let me just go ahead and throw it at you, right? Huntley is... 5,500, and he offers some rushing upside, which is nice. He still has his alpha tight end in Mark Andrews, and the good news is there's basically only two wide receivers they're going to be throwing to, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Devin Duvernay, right? So maybe you could run a double stack there. And here's the best thing I could sell you on. Pittsburgh has some really sexy runback options, okay? Deontay Johnson, as you can see, the optimizer loves him and Pat Fryermuth, and it makes a lot of sense because those two guys are getting tons of volume, and their price tags never go up. Actually, I, I swear Deontay Johnson's price tag is dropping. So he was limited in practice Friday, but everything I've seen is that he is likely going to play tomorrow. So I love a disgusting Huntley stack with a Deontay or Fryermuth runback, right? Oh, I know it's gross. How can you pick the last game? Well, first of all, I'm picking it because nobody's going to play it. Second of all, I have this. I have. I always tout this theory. Are you, are you ready? When two bad teams play, sometimes they're both so bad they actually they accidentally end up being good. So there you go. That's 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 my logic behind it, right? I don't like the Kenny Pickett stack side of it more, just because he doesn't offer that rushing upside. But I think a Huntley Andrews stack, and then maybe run it back with Deontay and Fryermuth. 
uh, is very, very live, right? I'm not telling you to play. I'm just saying, like, these are the kind of gross stacks you need to consider, especially if you're playing in fields of over 1,000 people, right? Because let's say you're playing in a GPP with 1,000 people, and this stack is maybe 2% owned, and it hits. You basically, if you hit if, if you hit the stack at 2% that nobody else is really playing, that means only, what, 20 of those 1,000 lineups also played that stack. So now you're playing 20 guys for first place if you hit the nut stack. That's the kind of thing I'm thinking of when I play a weird stack like that. And if you think, Huntley could never be the nuts, once again, he won my dude Will a million bucks. So I'm pretty sure he can be the nuts. So pump your brakes, brother. All right. Weird. Uh, it's a weird slate in that we only have three afternoon games. We got Kansas City, uh, which I, you know, Travis Kelsey is, 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 an unbelievable play this week. So is Juju. Matter of fact, a Patrick Mahomes stack with those two makes a lot of sense. And weirdly enough, I think Denver actually has some runback options. Latavius Murray is basically their running back now. If he falls into the box a couple times, maybe get you 60 rushing yards, a catch or two as a bonus, he could have a 25-point week at 5,200. And the best part of that is, is that means he's pushing the Chiefs. If the Chiefs get pushed, we know that they got a 28, 35-point uh, game in them, right? Greg Dolchich is a very affordable runback. I don't even ha hate a Dolchich Kelsey double stack, and I'm not usually a double stack tight end guy, right? But maybe you go put Dolchich in the flex, or you put him at tight end and put Kelsey in the flex, because we know Kelsey's basically just a wide receiver. You can call him a tight end, but we know what he is. Uh, Sutton is still going to be out, so I think Jerry Judy is very viable. I mean, matter of fact, I guess if I'm really just being honest with myself, if you want the grossest stack ever, why not a Russell Wilson stack? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Think about it. I'm not here to give you picks. I'm just here to tell you to think about it, you mother father. The San Francisco and Tampa Bay game uh, it has a very, very low total. 37 is just unbelievably low. It's going to be in the drizzle. Both these teams play tremendously slow. Both of these teams are defensive-minded. So because of that, from Tampa, you know, Godwin is a usage monster. And because of that, he'll, he can probably pay off 6,700. I just worry about his big-time upside without a game shooting out. But from there, I'm not really interested in anybody else uh, from Tampa Bay. Most of them are still priced up because, for some reason, people still think Tampa's good, even though they're not. And then from San Francisco, you have to worry that Brock Purdy, with such a low average A dot, that really, how is anybody viable outside of Christian McCaffrey? He just doesn't throw the ball down the field enough. So you almost are uh, dependent on a lot of catch and run stuff. I never like to depend on that. I want my guys to be getting uh, high A dot passes. At least Christian McCaffrey will probably get 20 to 22 touches, and we know he's an electric player. So I guess you could consider him. But at 8,500, that ain't easy to fit in your lineup, brother. So for me, this is a game I'm probably just going to be looking to pivot to. If if I'm way behind after the early slate or a game I'm going to stay the fuck away from if I'm way ahead after the early part of the slate. Last game on the slate, Carolina versus Seattle. Let's check the weather on this one real quick. I'm surprised there's not bad weather in Seattle. Nope, just cloudy. Okay. So Carolina, I mean, they suck. They're, they're just, they don't have a very good offense. And right. Uh, because of that, you know, they, they're going to be okay. But these, these, these are going to be two defensive minded teams. If you're going to play somebody from him, I think Deontay Foreman is still the guy at 5,400. Usually when he plays well, the Panthers do have a functional offense. To a lesser extent, DJ Moore, I think, is going to be everybody's favorite play. But as you can see, the optimizer absolutely hates him this week. From Seattle, though, we got big news. It does appear as though Kenneth Walker is going to be out. So you have to ask yourself, is Travis going to be a home run? You see what I did there? And so because of that, he might be the smash play this week if we get word that he's going to be handling most of the uh, bell cow role for Seattle. Uh, and then there's also it's DJ Metcalf was held out of practice Friday. So usually when they're out on Friday, a good sign they're not going to play on Sunday. So if Metcalf is out, I think Lockett at 6,500 almost becomes a lock it and play type guy, right? 
Uh, and I actually, weirdly enough, if Metcalf is out, it actually makes me like a Geno Smith stack more because now I really know who he's going to be going to, right? He's going to be going to Lockett. He's going to be going to Fant, and he's probably going to be going to Marquise Goodwin or uh, Treadwell uh, as, as that spot opens up for DJ Metcalf. So really be keeping up to date on that news. Hopefully we get news before lock tomorrow, right? Hey, if all of this seems like too much for you to keep up with, uh, don't forget that over on my Discord, I have the Rosetta Stone where I kind of lay it out for all of them. Here's my one for last week. I make for them. We also do, me and John, Galt JD, also do a special uh, stream for them, answering all their questions. It's right here through my Patreon. It's growing every day. I appreciate all you motherfuckers supporting me. Come check it out if you want to be a part of the coolest community out there. Only one asshole over there. It's me. Don't forget to give me a like on Twitter. But here's the most important thing. The one guy that I think you definitely shouldn't play this week, I told you to wait till the end. Here you go. The one guy you definitely shouldn't play this week, don't play Tony Pollard. I'm telling you, he has to get it done through efficiency. He doesn't get enough touches to justify the ownership or the price tag he's going to be at this week. Yes, I get they're playing Houston. Yes, I get it's going to be a run-friendly environment and a positive game script for the Cowboys most likely, but you have to remember that it is also this guy called Zeke that the owner likes a lot more than Tony Pollard. He is very limited in his upside because I don't think he gets more than 15 touches. Outside of falling into the end zone twice, he will not be in the optimized lineup. He is the one guy I think you definitely shouldn't play. I wouldn't do it if I were you. Thanks for hanging around this long. Don't forget to come check out the schedule. I do the showdown hoedown too. I hope you kick some ass tomorrow. I hope you send me some tweets about it on, on the Twitters. But most of all, Mother Father, I hope you enjoy my outro. Mm-hmm.